We are back with another five pack. This portal party is overflowing. Not portal party, you dirty dog, you poopy penguin. Yes, we will be discovering ways to flush away the junk in our lives, but more importantly, we'll unveil five new secret entrances into the unconscious where all those new possibilities for how to live will emerge. That should be more than enough to help you slip into that chaotic, creative world of what could be revving up your life, launching you into the unknown, bringing you back to your soul's long-lost home. This is episode 34, Five More Portals Into the Impossible. Okay, let's get straight into it. Portal number six, the mouth, m-m-m-m-mouth. That's what I'm using right now. I like this one a lot. It's a fun one. Lots of different kinds of keys fit into it. Some gently whisping us away into that endless land of possibilities and others locking us in to a mental and physical hell. We don't want to go to hell, at least not today or anytime soon. Let's go to heaven. Soar up into those clouds, those golden clouds. First, let's look at the keys that are shaped like food because those are some of the big ones that fit into this mouth portal. A lot of these are actually false keys. Fool's gold! Fool's gold, I tell you! They say it's real! It was all an illusion! <laughs> Sugar, fake foods, vegetable oils, alcohol, funky man-made chemicals hiding in the food, just masquerading as edible. These are not going to get you anywhere, except to maybe the dumpster, porta potty or graveyard, neither focus nor unfocus, a spirit prison, a true lose-lose, a, a slave chained to a ship, spinning around in circles, twirling and about to sink into the ocean. Anyway, you already know which foods to avoid. You've heard it over and over again, and you've felt it uh, so many times as they have been bullying and beguiling you for too many years. Somebody needs to send these guys, these bad boys, to detention, rehab, or juvenile hall. Put them in the boo-boo box. No, not the boo-boo box. Nah, the boo-boo box. Yes, we get to put them in the boo-boo box. Anyway, there's one thing we know for sure. They do not deserve to be in your precious mouth. They belong locked away in a cobweb-covered chest, covered in scorpions. Your body is not where they belong. They are not your magic carpets. They are not your Prince Charmings. Uh, they are pirates. Rather than gliding you off into a whole new world where you will live happily ever after, they will crash you down into the ground, fossilizing you into your darkest, most disgusting habits, the worst version of yourself, killing all possibility, twisting and mangling, squeezing the life force out of the person you are meant to be and that you still can become. If only you give yourself the right nutrients, if you give yourself a chance, if you water and nourish your garden correctly. Hooked up to this jetpack of ours, we have many tools for blasting us off into the land of focus. Things like caffeine, nicotine, Adderall, lion's mane, rhodiola, rock and roll, energy drinks, 
But let's forget about all of those for now. And some of them we should forget about forever. We want to step off the gas and onto the brakes, falling gently into that soft bed of clouds where we can really start to re-energize, reawaken, and rediscover our true selves. I don't even know what, if any foods, drugs, or supplements can take you specifically there. Maybe you do. Can you remember or begin to take notice? Which little edible objects or creatures calm you down and relax you? Dimming down that overactive mind, flipping that bustling office factory up in there, upside down, transforming it into a boundless star-filled sky where you have nothing to do but dream, play, and be. For me, honestly, the best thing is no food. When I am in a fasted state, I am both focused and clear, dancing at the precipice between my two minds. My creative spirit awakens. My future feels hopeful. I get a bit crazy, but in a good way, like I am right now. Aside from that, this may or may not work for you though, but test things out, see what works. Aside from fasting, water also helps. It's like it fills up my ocean of possibilities and ideas, uncovers that underground river that is roaring and screaming to burst out. All those dried up, dying starfish and dolphins in there bounce back to life and they have babies and I don't even have enough boats or fishing nets to catch them all. I have only two hands and one mouth. They love to swim in water, but also green tea. Their favorite fluid is perhaps puer. They beg and beg for me to fill their bathtub with cacao, bubbles of cacao. And because I want to see them smile and splash around, I often oblige. I cover them in cacao as they then laugh and blow bubbles through my brain. In fact, they're here now, co-creating this podcast with me. I don't know their names and their faces are a blur, a messy blur, but I can feel them and hear them. They are here. And back to those focus fuelers, higher caffeinated things like coffee, they're also great for unlocking the unconscious. But, at least for me, they're so powerful that you probably don't need that much. A little dabble do. Just a little dull-sized teacup or two. Or maybe that's just me. If I drink too much, I am in pure focus mode, like crackhead status. Not the creative kind of focus, um, but the jittery study all night. Um, and is this even the right direction kind of way? Caffeine quickly tilts my mental seesaw. Uh, Starbucks Venti, for example, is like a fat, blubbery, oversized third grader plopping his big butt down onto one end of the seesaw and sending the little baby thingy on the other side, flying off into the sky, never to be seen again. How much caffeine gives you just the right amount of focus? Tuned into the gentle radio frequency where unconscious ideas become 
audible, visible. Start with zero and then take a little sip after a little sip and see how your consciousness and your perception changes. Find that little sweet spot where your unconscious is alive, dancing in harmony with the rational brain. Awake, but not too awake. Asleep, but not too asleep. Floating across the ocean, not too anchored down. What often happens if you drink too much caffeine, and the amount will differ from person to person and from day to day, is the rational brain takes over complete control and completely silences the imagination, anchors down that ship. He also might call up his buddies, pleasure and desire. Hoy, I'm pleasure. I'm desire. Let's play. Want to play? No, not today. And they will send you off on some wild goose chase that you don't need to be on. And that makes sense. Caffeine does open up our brain's dopamine receptors, thereby getting us high on dope, getting a little loopy, a little cracked out. Anyway, uh, we're getting a bit too far, drifting a bit too far off into this caffeine land. Basic point about food and stuff like that. Generally, less is more. Also, food itself can become a distraction. It can distract us from ourselves. We eat, and especially certain things like sugar and tasty junk food to numb out and disconnect from everything that we are, everything that is going on inside of us biologically and psychologically, to run away from and block out the unconscious to at least temporarily escape from the terrifying freedom, the trembling tension of human existence, to enslave ourselves to food, chain ourselves up in its dungeon, its easy, scary, but comfortable dungeon, because that's somehow less scary than going out and re-becoming, rediscovering, uh, changing who we are. Yes, the unconscious, which reawakens our freedom is terrifying. It means change. And this is another reason why eating less or fasting periodically is great. It's less distraction. It forces you to confront your inner angels and demons head on to resurrect the ever powerful spirit within. You'll have no choice. So if you're distracting yourself with food, if food is a kind of entertainment or drug or fun thing for you, then I don't know. This is going to be a tough portal to crack into. It might take some time. Anyway, the less addicted you become to eating or less addicted you become to anything, the more you wean yourself off those delicious, pleasurable substances and foods, the easier this portal will unlock. It'll just unlock itself and pull you in the easier you will be able to think of and imagine and believe in new possibilities. You can then become unstuck. Psychologically, yes. Biologically, yes. But also, all that gunk in your intestines and stuff, the constipation, that's also going to get unstuck. You know, that's going to open up new possibilities for new nutrients to come in. Anyway, uh, with whatever you put in your mouth, food or supplements or whatever, experiment with tiny, tiny amounts and gradually up and up the dosage. And notice the effects. And yes, food also is medicine. Duh. So I think the term dosage is very appropriate for pretty much anything that you put into your mouth. Unless it's a, 
I don't know, a dick or a chew toy or something, something you're just sucking on, popping into your mouth, playing around with, but not swallowing, you know, gulping down whatever's inside of it. I, I don't even know if they have uh, cream-filled chew toys or things like that. They might, you know, some dogs are uh, probably into that kind of thing, you know, but you got to talk to your dog and, you know, make sure he's, he wants it really. He probably does. Um, anyway, regardless, you probably shouldn't be choking on like 10 of those uh, chew toys all at once or in quick succession. This is true for dogs, humans, um, Frankensteins, uh, hummingbirds. I'm not a doctor. I don't know what the proper dosage is probably depends a lot on your height, weight, sex, and uh, most importantly, your sexual uh, proclivities, your uh, preferences for the interaction between the genitals and the, what are we doing, man? What are we doing, man? I gotta, I can get, keep talking like this. Okay, um, this is now officially uh, off the rails. Let's um, try to get this bad boy back on track. Uh, yeah. Should probably delete that stuff, but let's just keep going back to the mouth. Another thing is not to breathe in or out through your mouth unless you're you really really need to, like you're dying or running super fast. When you breathe, especially when you inhale, but also exhale through your mouth, you activate the sympathetic, action-based part of the nervous system. That's the high-energy, stressed focus stuff and most likely not the premium high octane version of focus that when you do want to focus it's what you want this is going to give you that cheap dirty fight flighty feeling kind of stuff the grunge but let your own body be the judge and overall though closing your mouth except for when talking or eating or laughing screaming or literally gasping for air, is most likely going to calm you down, put you into that parasympathetic mode, and help carry you off into the light, dreamy buzz of the unconscious. Speaking of talking, also try not to talk too much. Yeah, I know. Who am I to talk? Who am I to say that, huh? Silence, both through your ears and through your mouth, is an excellent tool. Not only are you expelling too much carbon dioxide when you're talking, throwing off the balances in your body, but you're ramping up your entire nervous system. What we want is instead to calm it down. How do you calm it down? Silence, stillness, spaciousness, and all those goodies. That also allows your thoughts to keep flowing and flowing in their pure, primordial, unadulterated, pre-linguistic way. Eventually, you might need to catch those little guys, those ideas, with your intellect, write them down, trap them in a cage so that they can be examined and shared or tinkered with later on. But once you catch them, they stop growing. Like a farmer, you don't want to pluck those plants or flowers too soon. Let them fully bloom. Let those fruits ripen and then pluck them. If you pick them, by putting them into words too soon, their full potential will not be realized. They will be infantile or prepubescent, stubby little versions of what they could have been. So shut up. I, I know, I really need people to tell me this more. Okay, it's something I gotta work on. Or 
I guess I just got to somehow remind myself. Anyway, this is a podcast. I guess it's my time to talk. (sighs) Thanks for listening. And if you do have to trap those fledgling little birds, at least don't show them to others. Keep them to yourself. By keeping them to yourself, letting them roam around in that cage that you are, they still retain some of their magic. They still have wings. They still can fly. They can multiply. But when you give those baby birds to others, you snap their wings, crack off their uh, reproductive organs, you embalm them, and they will become much, much harder to then mold. Because they're, well, dead. Frozen. Stuck. You can bring them back to life, unfreeze them, if you shut your mouth and put them back into the incubator of your unconscious. But a better strategy, just keep them in their natural habitat, the womb of your unconscious, where they can continue to grow and grow and really grow. And then when they're ready to fly out on their own, let them loose, write them down, open your mouth, open the doors to let them out, but do not force or push them out. This outer physical realm that we are so used to is a scary, scary place. It's another planet for them. One much more solid and rigid and sharp than the one they are used to. Let them take their time and when they are ready, they will burst through and fly through this physical world, flapping their wings through your lips and shitting and laying eggs on the page. Your unconscious is like the stock market. Keep your ideas invested. Keep them incubated up in there and they will compound and grow like a beanstalk. But they do expire. Everything dies. If you don't climb that beanstalk or at least capture a snapshot or recording of it or chop off a branch and put it in your pocket, it will wither away. Money exists to transform our lives and so too do ideas. You can die with all the money in the bank or ideas in your head, but what a waste that would be. Better to use it. Better to live. To turn those possibilities into realities. That's what this is all about. One more note about stillness, at least with regards to the mouth. Of course, not talking is going to be the best, but if you're going to talk, at least talk slowly. I know, another lesson I still need to learn myself. I think it's possible. I think I could do it. By talking more slowly, you can savor the words and ideas, and they'll be able to continue to grow as they are leaving your womb like slowly blowing bubbles. And the same goes for food. Fasting, i.e. not eating, like you don't know the word fasting, I just wanted to explain it. Anyway, fasting might be ideal, of course, up until a point, and you gotta determine where that point is for you. Feel what feels right. But when you do eat, eat more slowly. The information, such as the flavors and nutrients from that food, will penetrate your brain and body more deeply. You will be able to, in a way, see it and experience it, even if it's unconscious, more clearly. Eating itself can then become an act of meditation. Instead of it being simply a masturbatory act of consumption, it will be a time for creativity. The TV and Netflix and all that stuff, phones and podcasts, 
will have to be shut off for this. Shut it down and toss it into the corner of your room, cover it in a blanket, you know, gag it up and 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 come back to it in a week or two. It'll still be alive. These things are immortal uh, in the worst kind of way. Try also eating slowly in silence, maybe also in the dark or with your eyes closed. And you may notice that you're unconscious. Your imagination starts churning and churning away. Like when you're taking a shower or a stroll through the woods, creatures, both imaginary and real, will begin to emerge. The slow, flowing movements of your mouth, gently coloring them into being. And the more of all those extraneous senses, eyes, ears, mouth, and tongue, you shut off or turn down, the better. So close your eyes, shut your ears, while you slowly chew, chew your way through the solid wall of reality. Let the act of simply eating melt down that wall and reveal the world of possibilities and imagination. Gateway or portal. Number seven is posture. Stand tall. Let that spine stretch out. Let it soar toward the heavens, standing naturally like a tree, erect, but not too erect, like a plush, vibrant sunflower. Don't let it wilt, because then the petals will fall. The colors will fade. The imagination will die. Keep the belly dangling out like a fresh, happy plum on a juicy, bouncy branch. Don't tighten it up. That'll squeeze out all the juice, all the good stuff. Don't suck it in. That'll make it disappear. Which might look nice on the beaches of reality, but the beaches of your soul, of your true spirit, will be populated by nothing but ghosts. Black and white images of wasted possibilities. Your belly is where your spirit lives. It sprouts up from there and up into your heart, face, eyes, and brain. By suffocating it, you will thus suffocate all that is up there. The imagination, therefore, too, will flicker off. So let that tummy dance naturally with gravity, and it will teleport you into the hidden layers of fantasy and Tomorrowland. Let your shoulders hang loose. Let them relax and drop, drooping down like a bloodhound's ears. Let your arms go too, shoulders and arms like leaves blowing in the wind, happy to be free and alive, flowing together with the universe. When you crunch your shoulders up to your ears and hold your arms rigid and tight, you will cut off that flow. You will feel like Frankenstein marching through the black and white house of horrors, horrors or horrors, whichever one you want, controlled not by your free, limitless human spirit, but by the rocks and skeletons from the past. A dead reality that needs to crack open and let its colors spill back out. Unkink that hose. Let some air out of those tires. Fill them up with something new. Something you. Unpuff your chest. Untense your neck. Let your boobies swing from side to side and your neck move up and down, back and forth, like it was born to. Like it evolved to and needs to in order to truly survive and feel safe. To remember that there is more to this world than what is directly in front of you. There are beautiful possibilities all around you, but you must turn your head and look at them 
in order to see them, in order to discover them, give your neck permission to blow along with the winds of change, to track down and lead you to all those strange new things, some of which will elevate your life exponentially beyond your wildest imagination, breaking all the rules of your current reality. Because none of those supposed rules really exist here. In this sacred place, your original home, new rules are written. New worlds are created. So if the game you're currently playing is too hard to beat, if you don't like it, if you feel like you're treading water and just cannot catch a break, that the game is rigged and you're never going to win, then try going back to the drawing board. Rewrite the rules. Discover a new game. Maybe you already have all you need and you have all that it takes. You're just in the wrong world. Dive into that inner fantasy land of yours and dig up a new map, a new compass, and currency. Bring them back to reality and together with your new lenses and tools, go down a new path. Create a new life. Get uncomfortable. Get things a bit scary and haunting. Get up from your seat. Let your blood flow and your body roam, moving you into the new paths toward the unknown. The hose will unkink, the nozzle will widen, and you will become a thousand rivers merging into one another. Portal number eight, space. Depending on when you are listening to this, you are limited to living and traveling within a certain limited space. At the time of this recording, that space for Homo sapiens, is Earth. Planet Earth. And that full world is really only unlocked for the elite kings of the species, the ones that have hoarded, inherited, or somehow obtained enough of the resources that then affords them the luxury of being able to move freely across this big, wide world. Maybe you only have enough resources to transport yourself to just beyond your village gates. Or maybe you have enough credits to purchase the superpower that lets you fly over the big, deep, blue wall. Whatever the case, changing locations within this physical realm called Earth, or even your country, by entering someplace new, you will discover new possibilities, new objects, new people, new ways to behave, new norms and taboos. The limitations of your own culture will flash red before your eyes. They will be highlighted through this alternate dimension, this place you are traveling to, you will awaken to the fact that you do not have to do things in the ways you did before. You can be something different, escaping from the rule book of your culture. You will be able to zoom out and see those rules were written in chalk. Erasable crayons. When you are a character that escapes from the confines of the page, you will see that you are part of a much bigger story. And beyond that, a much bigger library and an ever-changing universe in which your stories are not trapped in triangles or rectangles, but are breathing, living, beautiful things. Window shopping through the aisles of this world, you can pick up new ideas and habits that better suit you and drop the outdated, dirty ones, replacing the ones you never even really liked and perhaps never noticed but bothered you. Now you can see them and toss them into the trash. Travel, venture out to as many places and for as long as you can. 
study abroad, work abroad, become a foreigner, pick up an English teaching job, or work at a restaurant, but don't let yourself get too comfy and stuck. Be careful not to get trapped into another book, and certainly not a single page, especially if it wasn't even one you wrote yourself and do not enjoy. The characters on the page or floating through the sky need to feel authentic and alive. If you do not like your page, close your eyes. Use some of the other strategies we've talked about today or last week and find a way to escape. It might not be easy, but it is possible. Your unconscious will give you a kickstart, breathing fire into your hunch and lead you the way. Trust it. Go. For me, I've learned way more from traveling and living abroad than from the buttloads of books I've read and courses I've taken. This immersive 3D world that we inhabit is packed with new information, gobbledygobbledygooks of it. It would make even the most advanced of computers explode. Nature is another sacred space that completely reawakens the childlike unconscious inside of us. It opens up our field of vision, relaxes every muscle and fiber of our being. Our brainwaves slow down. Our heart beats in rhythm with the ribbits of the frogs. We literally open up on every level. Like a child, we are no longer worried, distrusting, or scared. Strangers smile and wave hello. Dog and man alike feel at home. Our movements and thoughts slow down. Everything becomes more fluid. The borders melt away and things re-emerge back together. Mind and body, self and other, the inside and the outside, you and the rest of the world. It all snaps back into place. It feels just right. The stitches and strings that must somehow be holding it all together also dissolve. You are alive, awake again, in your complete natural form, being in the world, one with nature. And in this awakened state, like when you are silent and still, meditating or sleeping in your room all alone, or letting your hand mindlessly doodle away, making mommy's wall pretty with your crayons, uh-huh, pretty, pretty crayons, pretty drawing on the wall, uh-huh. This is when your unconscious comes alive and the dungeon of your ordinary existence goes black. And then, boom! Suddenly you're back, swimming in the sea of possibilities. Nature is the real, physical manifestation of this inner world. Not quite as magical, but still pretty cool. And limitless enough, especially since it sends its energetic vibrations into your brain and turns on that default mode network, the DMN, the sense of wonder, curiosity, and what could be. A delicious blend of heaven on earth and heaven within. Reality and unreality dancing together rhythmically, entangling themselves in intimate intercourse. Beautiful, fractal, geometric patterns washing over your eyes, cleansing the residue of the rigid city rectangles off of them, returning you back home. Cleansed, rejuvenated, open, and free. You can also rearrange your living and or workspaces to resemble this beautiful natural land, the one within and the one out there in the wilderness. 
model your everyday environment off of that one in your unconscious and out there in nature. What are the common elements? Think about that. Well, let's see. Simplicity, silence, spaciousness, no blockages of energy, a space where things can freely flow, psychophysical things like you and your cat, but also invisible things like your ideas, future and past. Curvy, flowing, hard to define, hard to grasp shapes like those in plants and clouds and bushes and puddles. Let your outer environment match the frequency and feel of your inner environment. Create a nurturing space that allows free, natural movement and flow. Let's now talk about time. Time to talk about time. That's portal number nine. There are various ways to trigger off and unlock this portal. One of them is simply stop looking at it. Stop looking at time. Turn off your phone. Slide off your watch. Bump your butt against the wall and let the clock come tumbling down like Humpty Dumpty. Whoops. Remember those times when you were so in the zone that you went a whole day or two without looking at your phone? When you went camping and you had nothing but the sun? When you were cuddled up with a lover or brother talking until the sun came up? Where was time then? Did it exist? And where were you? Where was your mind? You were at least dancing on the edges, on the precipice of the unconscious. And the longer you went without watching those two hands spin or three digits shift, the more you likely sank deeper and deeper into the depths of the imagination. Your true, authentic, curious, magical, beautiful, limitless self beginning to emerge. We didn't even really have clocks or at least weren't obsessed with them until at least some point in about the 1300s. Because clock time did not matter. We were doing just fine and living plenty of life. And then soon came watches, portable clocks, the smartphones of the day. The technology got further developed and more widely adopted. And with that, time began to speed up. And the imagination, the unconscious, the human spirit dried up, died, began to wither away. Focus is nice. Productivity is precious. Like we said, it helps us get things done. But it's a one-trick pony, a horse with blinders. Were all those rewards from that hyper-focused productivity obsession to move forward in a single direction worth all that it wasted? The opportunities it obliterated, was it worth it? When we plucked those unripe humans off the blossoming tree and squeezed out all their juice, what did we lose? When you now do that to yourself, what are you losing? What are you throwing away? You are worth more than juice. You are worth more than that squeeze. You are more than a vending machine smoothie gulped down by someone else. Using your life force, killing your dreams. You are the tree of life. The entire cosmos about to be born. But first, you need to turn off time. Then, those stars that are impossible to see in this busy, sleepless city will shine brightly. And since time has disappeared, you will be able to travel to those stars, galaxies and planets light years away, and examine them up close. 
step foot on them, dance on their fresh soil, decide for yourself which ones you would like to call home, swing through that sky at unimaginable speeds, you will find aliens and ideas and lovers and experiences that you like and would like to take back to this earth. And you can. You can have them all. Other gods in that timeless sky will whisper steps and strategies and possibilities into your ears. They will hand you treasure maps and blueprints and compasses, ones that will help you create and unveil new parts of this reality. There was a land before time, and it still exists. If you can go there and courageously explore, daringly venture into those uncomfortable waters, you can use what you find there to reshape this present reality. And that will become the future. That will become the world. And then the past. And then it'll all collapse. Back into the place it was first born. Your imagination. And if all this time travel stuff is too trippy or heavy for you, here's another way you can warp time. Wake up at a different time. Live in a different temporal part of this reality. The 4 a.m. world is very different from the 7 a.m. world, which likewise is different from the 1 p.m. world and on and on. Or maybe you already wake up super early. For the sake of time and possibility exploration, perhaps you can experiment with staying up later for a night or two. Think of it as a vacation, not a vacation across space to a new place, but a vacation to a different time where you travel through a land of people getting drunk and dancing, neon-lit motorcycles laughing through the streets, bats and crickets, vampires and goblins, hookers, sirens, closed-down shops. It's literally another planet out there, and you will see, encounter, and think of new things. Likewise, if you've ever woken up and started your day at 3 a.m. or 4 a.m., it's equally exotic. Old men walking with nothing in their eyes or ears, garbage trucks eating dirty diapers, birds that aren't pigeons plucking away worms. Worms still exist, at least at that time of day. Whoa, but you totally forgot because you're no longer a child. You are living in a different time and space, but you can go back to childhood. It is called just before sunrise. Wander through those prepubescent streets and rediscover who you are. Find and imagine new things that you can then take back to your 7-Eleven reality. They will then feel like relics from another time. Mix and mash these new things, this new stuff from that late night, that walk in the forest, and some of those goodies you found in your sleep. With all these new ingredients, something new in your life will begin to emerge, show itself, melt into your being. Sleep is another thing. When you are sound asleep, time also stops. The energy drops real low when sleep gets deep and you don't experience or remember a thing. But then the energy picks back up just enough and you start dreaming. Your unconscious world of possibilities becomes fully visible an immersive reality to travel through. This is a jackpot for ideas and exploration. I don't know when else you can get this close to yourself 
without the aid of psychedelics or by entering the deepest depths of nature. This lush, crazy land will flicker off and be forgotten very soon. But if you keep a pen and paper by your bed, you can keep at least some fragments of it alive. Perhaps you can recreate a replica of it, or at least salvage a few parts or weld them together with something else. There's so much gold here. It's sad that so much of it goes to waste, that we don't value it for what it's worth, because it takes time and effort to fully capture and massage those dream objects and characters and experiences into real-life stories and things. Things that will make your waking life more authentic and more real. Also, after you wake up, there's a brief, beautiful window of time in which your brain waves are the same frequency as those of your childhood. It's like you have one foot still in dreamland and childhood and the other in reality, adulthood. A crayon-drawn boat sailing across the Pacific Ocean but suddenly beginning to sink. It'll take maybe 20 minutes or so for it to fully sink, though. So fiercely guard those 20-plus minutes of each day and capture whatever dreamlike images and creatures and ideas emerge. You'll have to keep your phone and email and TV and all of that far, far away during this childhood of your day. Those are like lead weights that will sink your imaginary ship in an instant. Goodbye, dreams. Hello, reality. Possibility and recreation will just have to wait. They will fly away like vampires in the sun. We'll just have to wait and play again another day. But it'll probably just be another cheese, another dish of unsavored dreams. Every time we come to play, you just that brain rectangle and push us away. If only we were small and simple enough to live in your phone. But then we'd be dead. We couldn't play with you. I don't want to be in the phone. I want to be alive. Treat those dreams inside you as if they were your children, your life force. Love them, nurture them, and provide them with a safe, loving home. Spend time at that home, together with them. If you're always rushing around, busy at work, faster, better, more, 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 then yes, you might become a rich, successful man, but your children will die and you'll be all alone. And these children multiply at rates much faster than humans, faster than mice or rabbits, if nourished properly, even faster than AI. Some of these babies could be adults in less than an hour, or at least by tomorrow. You might be a grandfather by next week. Oh, how they fly. It's crazy how fast these guys grow. I don't know what the hell is in that unconscious soil, but it's powerful stuff, not of the earth as we know it. Aliens do exist, and they are inside you. The nearest planet is not Mars, but it's just behind those two baby blue moons. Let all the billionaires, wannabe or real, race to space and through the metaverse. I'll be right here, exploring and frolicking through this never-ending brain. Portal number 10, the last one for today. Woohoo! If you want more, you can purchase a premium subscription out of this planet power pack. 12 months for only $49.99. That's $49,999. Woo! What a deal! 
That's the kind of deal we provide for you. But if you buy now, we're drawing in one free year of Color Retickle, an exclusive members-only imaginary newsletter that can be whatever you want it to be. What the hell? I said no advertisers. Is that the grandpa guy back? I think it's him. I, I can hear it in his voice. Dude, get out of here. That wasn't me. That wasn't me. That was like some, some advertising nasty uh, business man, fake, fakey, nasty, uh, gross thingy trying to come up in here and grab up your money. Don't listen to that thing, whatever it was. Some nasty thing trying to suck up your money. <sighs> money, money, money. Give me your money. I'll give you whatever you want. I don't care. Just give me that gold. Mm, green, green, green. In my pocket. I like your money. It's my favorite thing. I love you. Dude, Grandpa, die. Get out of here. He's not coming back. He might come back, but I don't know. Something about this frequency whenever I'm talking. I guess we're just tapped into the same frequency or something. Um, he just pops in. I don't know how to close that radio wave. Um, I'll try to work on it. I, I, I don't know. I'm still figuring this thing out. This podcast thing is funky business. All kinds of weird things uh, just happen when you're doing this. All right. Portal number 10, the identity portal. Play with your identity Play with your identity. Play with the idea of who you are. Break out of yourself. It's a pretty heavy thing to overhaul in just one big dump, obviously. You're not just a freaking dump truck. You just can't stop it out. You're just like a little tiny straw. You gotta, just gotta squeeze it out. But we'll crack away at or twist it around in the little places that we can. For one, try, just try to imagine that you are someone else. It can be someone you know or some character completely made up or from out of one of your favorite movies or books. How would that person behave in this given moment? Imagine that this world that you're currently in is a kind of virtual reality and the body that you inhabit, the one you see in the mirror looking at you every day, is just a random avatar. The real you, the person back there behind the scenes, invisible, controlling that avatar, the energy infused Throughout that body, the real person playing the VR, using you as a character, is someone else, not you. Well, it is you, but let's just imagine it's someone else. Maybe it's Indiana Jones or Santa Claus or Pikachu or God knows who. It could be your best friend, your mother, your girlfriend, your enemy. Infuse that spirit into your body, into your being. How would they use your body? How would they talk? How would they react to this situation? Would they even be here in the first place? Would they even allow themselves to work in this stupid job? What would they be doing? Now, let them do all that. Just let them go. Act it out. Your current self is merely a costume, an avatar. Don't take it so seriously. Are you going to stop that great person from living out their life? Are you going to trap Darth Vader? You know, Darth Vader with a... Uh, VR headset strapped to his eyes, let him waste away his days, strangled by a necktie and stable paycheck. He doesn't want that. No one needs that. He needs to go on adventures and, you know, become a hero, even if it's a bad one. At least he's doing something more than I can say for myself. Man, why am I bringing Darth Vader into this? Is he good? I don't know, but he's doing something, right? Would Tony Stark be scared to talk to that girl or would Simba back down from Scar? Who is the real you behind that avatar? When was the last time you truly looked at him, played with him, listened to him, embraced him, hugged him? You think you know who you are, but do you really? I'm not saying I do, but I would like to, and I feel like I'm beginning to become acquainted with myself. He is beginning to emerge, 
slowly like a little chicken, little chicky, 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 uh, cracking out of the egg. But I don't really know who he is. I am just beginning to meet him. And it's so, so exciting. What is he really capable of? Who are you capable of becoming? What is he really meant to do? What I do know is this. Whatever powerful force exists in all your favorite heroes and idols also exists within you. It's the same great force that ties us all together, that controls the entire universe, controlling all those physical avatars, me, you, everybody. Find that hero within, feel him, trust him, and let him play. Let him live your life because that hero is you. Let go of who you think you are. Yes, it sure is scary becoming the greatest, most authentic, limitless version of yourself, but which one is scarier? Setting off on that journey step by step, day after day, or living the rest of your life in your current reality? Basically exactly as you are with a few basic upgrades and downgrades. Groundhog Day, and you're not even Bill Murray. You're the groundhog. Sink into your unconscious, march across that field of clouds, and fly through the sky of diamonds and find you. Smiling, twinkly-eyed, flying, right there doing what you do best in the land of your dreams, except that guy there is the real you. This thing here, in this reality, is a dream constructed by your childhood, adolescence, family, culture, and history. You cannot shed it all away, at least not all at once. Parts of it are real, and you are just stuck with it. But parts of it are not. Embrace the parts you love. That is the hero living in you right here today. Exaggerate those parts. Let them fully bloom. Let them soar to the sky. And slowly start bringing the rest of yourself into existence. It will feel awkward at first. It will feel like a lie. But just do what that other version of you or someone you admire and want to be would do. You're just an avatar. A hologram. A mirage. And this world is just a big stupid VR world. A video game. It's no big deal. And the game's gonna one day end anyway. So might as well enjoy it while it lasts. Prance across this land, swim through the sea, leaving a mark or two along the way. Even if the wind and waves might erase them and all of who you are will be forgotten, that's okay. Create a few Easter eggs for future players to find. Recreate the world, recode the game through your actions, through the possibilities that you find in this land of imagination. Find that code and implement it by letting someone else play your avatar. Another way to use this identity portal is you can try looking at yourself from the third-person perspective. Get away from that zoomed-in first-person lens. Change the camera lens or angle. So if you're sitting in a cafe drinking coffee right now, for example, close your eyes and imagine how you would look from the perspective of that hot chick or uh, cranky old dude sitting at the other table. You're still you inhabiting and controlling the same body, but no longer from the first-person perspective. Now you can see yourself from the side. You're no longer playing a first-person shooter, but it's like you are playing Mario or Donkey Kong or something like that. You've got a little distance from yourself. You can see yourself in the world from at least a few steps away, or imagine there's a camera up there on the ceiling. Probably don't need to imagine these days. It's probably actually there, hitting you from different angles, uh, downloading your uh, actions and analyzing them, uh, gross-ass little camera things. Look at yourself from that angle. Pop a fisheye lens onto it. Color it in weird colors, pink and purple, and just mix it up like a cool little rainbow. Look at yourself through a kaleidoscope. 
microscope, telescope, creating this kind of distance from yourself, shifting your perspective will help loosen up your identity. Things will feel lighter, less serious. You'll feel like it's actually possible to change, that this character is not set in stone, that actions and habits can totally change in so many ways. You definitely do not need to be in this city or this job or with any of this junk. It's easy to imagine and play this game when it comes to other people. Yes, other people can change. Other people's lives move this way or that. But for some reason, it's really hard from the first person perspective. So literally step away from yourself, zoom out and feel the unconscious wake back up. That moldable, hypnotizable neuroplastic space where you can change and where possibilities float all around you like bubbles, soft bubbles, slowly shifting, morphing into colorful clouds and then becoming solid 3D things that you can see, hear, smell, taste, touch, and talk to. There's also a verbal uh, spoken version uh, language-based version of this third-person perspective shift key. Simply call yourself by your name. So I might say, hey, Michael, how's it going, Michael? Uh, what are you going to do today? Michael, what are you thinking? Are you happy, Michael? How many times can I say the word Michael? Can Michael come out and play? Yeah. Hey, Michael, I love you. What's up? Everything somehow becomes more visceral and real this way. It's like those words penetrate past that thinking, intellectual, rational brain and cut right into your unconscious. It forces you to be honest with yourself. It makes it harder to lie because then it becomes so obvious that you are lying to yourself. And then you feel bad from both directions for both the liar and the one being lied to. Speak to yourself in this manner from this third person perspective and the you deep inside there, might tell you something you really need to hear. He might be able to help guide you toward a new direction, refocus your life onto a new path, fix that problem in your life by simply looking at the whole thing, life itself, the priorities and possibilities within it in a new way. You'll be like, oh, that makes sense. Why didn't I see that before? Because you are stuck in that first person lens. If all of this is too heavy or silly or goopy for you, one other perhaps simpler thing you can do is just start breaking habits in any way you can. Bring some Dennis Rodman into your life. You know the rules, but you're going to break them. You're just going to break them. Commit some flagrant fouls unabashedly. It might feel wrong, like you're going to get into trouble, but the referee is really just some old cranky, lazy, fat version of yourself. And he'll get over it eventually, especially once he realizes that by breaking these rules, by doing these awkward things that are not allowed, committing these fouls, you will be rewriting the game. And now, because of that, you are going to win the championships. It can be stupid little things like wearing a color that you would never imagine wearing, perhaps even a color that you hate. I did this the other day. I I bought some shiny pink headphones not just pink but shiny pink headphones just to prove to myself that change is possible that the future doesn't have to be like the past that i am still alive to practice getting uncomfortable to entering the unknown at first i was like uh, yeah. but to be honest now i kind of like them i'm growing on me i'm i'm enjoying the pink 
pretty cool. I like how they look. Plus, they match my skirt. My heels are popping. The purple and the pink just pop together. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to dive that deep through this identity portal. I like uh, the man that I am. Not going down that feminine road. No siree. Stay true to the real you, but also shift things around here and there where you can. Chop away at the edges. Maybe the real you wasn't as real as you thought he was. Maybe pink headphones are just the beginning. Or maybe it's a dead end. But you never really know until you try. And if you can change the color of the things you wear, you can apply the same process to bigger changes in your life. Maybe I can move to India or Fiji or the Arctic Tundra or write a book or build a company or get paid what I'm truly worth. Is that possible? I think so. Maybe I can move as casually as I bought those pink headphones. So cute. So effing hot. I can just as casually do any of those other things. Who cares how big they are? It's the same process. I'm likely going to stop myself early on in the process because I don't believe it's really possible. I think I'm not allowed, that I'm not good enough. Or yes, others might try to stop me. So yes, it'll take work. It'll take more patience, but the process is just the same. You just keep showing up, doing things, and not stopping yourself prematurely, not kicking yourself out of the game. Just keep on playing. Or maybe it's not the colors you wear or your fashion style or any of that kind of thing, but it's listening to a totally new genre of music or reading those books that I would never read. Those are so stupid. I read smart people books. The more you exercise this Dennis Rodman D-Rod muscle, the stronger and more creative it will get. You might be lifting only one pound dumbbells today, but a year from now, you'll be a muscle man in so many ways. God, how much you can change if you just practice, if you just show up. Life might seem impossible. You might feel stuck, but anything truly is possible and it can be yours. You are a boundless being in a boundless world full of boundless possibilities. All you got to do is go through that portal, spend time in that unfocused land of imagination. Tap into your unconscious and rewrite your life. And these 10 doors don't need to be used separately from one another. They can stack up on top of, merge into one big, giant, super, super duper door. Probably not possible to actually do all 10 at once, but Maybe you can do eight or seven or six of them or bring in a new one that you just discovered hanging out there up in the sky that I couldn't see, but you can. Play around with them one by one and then start mixing and matching and creating new recipes. Go back to the ones that feel right to you. Explore that infinite reality inside of you and breathe it into life. Say goodbye to the boring probability of today and hello to the possibilities of tomorrow. The future is closer than you think. Let your body and spirit take you there. All you gotta do is open the door.